It's trade deadline day, and despite not being part of the deal, the Lakers moving Russell Westbrook impacts the New Orleans Pelicans in multiple ways. Let's break it down in today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Plus, are the Pelicans doing something or not? It's the Thursday episode. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Thursday trade deadline day. This is always fun. Maybe we'll get a deal. Maybe not. But a couple of deals have already gone down, including former Pelican Josh Hart getting traded. But I really want to look at the Russell Westbrook trade because this has multiple impacts, including some you might not be thinking of, on the Pelicans. Segment two of today's show, we're going to look at where the Pelicans stand. What are they going to do? And how do some of the after effects of that Westbrook deal impact some of the negotiations they're having. We also got a more definitive update on Zion Williamson. I'll share that in the third segment of today's show. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know. We've looked at trade targets. If there's a deal done, of course, we'll be talking about that. We're going to be looking ahead to how the Pelicans can finish the season strong. We'll be looking at them compared to other teams in the Western Conference as we get a little bit closer to some of the playoff talk. All of that, we're completely free Monday through Friday. Tell a friend about the show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So the Lakers made a trade. And frankly, it's a really good one for them. And I hate saying that. They moved Russell Westbrook and a 2027 first round pick, top four protected. It's a three-team deal between the Lakers, the Utah Jazz, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Lakers get back Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, essentially. The Oh, and D'Angelo Russell. The Timberwolves get Mike Conley Jr. and some second-round picks. And the Utah Jazz get Russell Westbrook, who will get bought out, along with a top-four protected 2027 first-round pick. So first and foremost, that's a great deal by the Lakers. Great deal by the Lakers. As much as it pains me to say that, that was a really good trade for them. We were talking that they were going to need to include a first just to offload Russell Westbrook. To simply get back D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, those are all plus players that add a little bit more depth to them, replace some of the things that they have lost and been missing. It's a really good deal for the Lakers. So first and foremost, this does something to the Pelicans. They have the pick swap potential with Los Angeles this year. You know, if the Lakers end up with the number one overall pick, the Pelicans get it and the Lakers get the the Pelicans pick. They swap. You know, it's not that the Pelicans could trade the Lakers pick. They trade the better or they trade whichever pick they choose to have, which is going to be the better of the two. And right now, given the standings, it looks like it would be the Lakers. But this makes the Lakers unequivocally better than they were the other day. So it does start to devalue a little bit now the Pelicans or Lakers, whichever one they have, first round pick this year. 
Should LA get into the postseason? You know, that pick swap might only move New Orleans in a positive spot by like three three positions in the draft. It's not nearly as, as good as it was yesterday. That's not ideal for New Orleans if you're looking to make a trade and including this year's first round pick in it. It's become devalued now. We don't want that. We wanted Wemby here, Scoot, any of the top four guys in the draft. Unfortunately, probably not going to be the case. This also still means the Lakers have their 2029 pick to trade too, so they could still do another deal. I don't think they'll do that this this t- today by this trade deadline this season, but it's really today. I think that pick's not going to end up getting moved, but you never know. They could have another move up their sleeve here lined up. That makes them even better because I can't believe they got those three guys for basically Westbrook and a top four protected first round pick. That's a really good, really good trade. It also, and this is going to impact New Orleans more in the, ne- that we'll talk about in the next segment, two other things from this. You know, first, it takes two guys off the market that New Orleans probably had interest in that I would have liked to have seen here in New Orleans. If you could have traded Jackson Hayes and uh, Devontae Graham for a top and a top four protected first round pick for Beasley and Vanderbilt, I really would have considered doing that. I don't hate a trade like that at all. Malik Beasley has been one of the top guys that I like. Adding more shooting and a defensive switchy big, that sounds great to me. That's something that New Orleans could have used, but it takes two guys now out of that selling pool. And there's not a ton of sellers as is. That has a consequence, which we'll look at next. The other part of this is it does set the asking price for some of these guys lower than what we were expecting. You know, Gary Trent Jr. is probably not worth a first round pick by himself if you could have gotten Beasley and Vanderbilt for the same kind of first round pick. What does this say about the trade value for Boyan Bogdanovich? First round pick? Not at least not top four protected. You might need to be lottery protected first round pick, which for the Pelicans this year doesn't really matter. But it kind of sets the market much lower for some of these names than we were expecting. That part is good for New Orleans. If those guys get moved for that, OG Ananobi's not more worth three picks and some young players too. You can go kind of do your shopping for a little bit cheaper in theory. So it has multiple effects for the Pelicans here. It takes guys they want off the board. Sets the price for those type of guys and that combination of players lower than what we were thinking and unfortunately makes the Lakers better. Still probably not better than the Pelicans, but the Lakers are in a much better spot today than they were a day ago. Man, losing the game where LeBron James sets the all-time scoring mark, which was a really cool moment. LeBron is a tremendous player. Love watching him play. It was very cool to see that live. They lost that game. They lost that game because no one else stepped up other than LeBron and kind of Westbrook in the fourth quarter. But I mean, it's Westbrook come on at this point in his career. They needed help. They got help. That's annoying. That's annoying. All right. Where do the Pelicans stand? How does this impact them in the bargaining and in negotiations of any trades they may be looking at? Let's talk about that. It's a game of chicken. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. 
This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads to who will score a touchdown and all the fun prop bets you want. You want to bet on the Gatorade color? I was thinking orange, blue's the favorite though. It might be the safe choice to go on the, that gets dumped on the winning coach. You can do that. It's a super easy to use app. It's clean. It looks great. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know. It's trade deadline day. If a move happens for New Orleans, let me know in the comments down below. Do you think a trade's happening or not? We're going to be breaking it down immediately right here. And with it being trade deadline day, Locked On in general has you covered. Today, Thursday, the 9th, tune into Locked On NBA on YouTube at two at 1 p.m. Central to hear reaction from all the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season. Who's going to become a contender? Who's outright tanking? Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube. We're just having a hangout. Hosts are going to pop in and out, talk about deals. It's going to be really fun. You want to come just kind of follow along with the deals, get the insider perspective, the local perspective. We're going to have it right there on YouTube immediately. Go to Locked On NBA. By the way, I'm on there every single Wednesday breaking down the biggest story across the NBA, across the association. Got the LeBron James all-time record game. That was pretty cool. But today, we are talking about the Pelicans at the NBA's trade deadline. I think that Russell Westbrook deal, despite New Orleans not being in it, has a big impact on them, particularly with taking some guys out. That could do something, right? I said, the price is kind of set now. You saw what those guys went for. It's essentially one top four protected pick. It's probably really like a lottery protected pick for a combination of guys like that. You needed to incentivize the Utah Jazz a little bit more to take on Russell Westbrook. They're going to buy him out. They're paying a lot of money basically to not have him here and to just kind of take on that contract. You've got to give a team incentive to do that. The Lakers did it basically with that first round pick. So it's not so much that that's the value of the two players, three players, really, going to L.A. So that lowers the price for guys. That means Gary Trent Jr. is not worth a first-round pick by himself. Two seconds, a really highly protected first, maybe? Top 20 protected? You, you could convince me on some of that, but if you trade for him, that is likely not where that pick's going to end up. So maybe you need to try and find a way to get another deal done. Or, or try and figure out other compensation on this sort of thing. But with two guys that New Orleans could have been interested in coming off the market and there not being a ton of sellers, for the guys who haven't made a trade yet, does that raise the value up? Now Gary Trent Jr. is in more demand because you can't go get Malik Beasley and there's not another option. So do you lose some leverage? When do you make this deal? When do you not? You know, I think it's a big game of chicken of who's going to blink first. Is Toronto really comfortable keeping Gary Trent Jr.? If they are, they have the leverage in the negotiations here. If they don't, and New Orleans is like, all right, screw it, we're walking, goodbye. The Pelicans probably do because 
the Toronto Raptors want to move him. You know, we, we've seen this before, and it's actually been with the Pelicans. The DeMarcus Cousins trade, when that happened, basically it was Buddy Heald and, a first, and another first-round pick. So two first-round picks for Cousins was cheap. Everyone said, that's it? And it's funny because, you know, a couple days earlier, the Pelicans had offered two first-round picks alongside Buddy Heald to get that deal done, and Vladi Divac then, you know, in charge of the Kings at the time. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Then the value went down, the Kings got a little bit desperate, and the Pels came back and said, okay, this is what we'll do it for, no dice. And at that point, the Sacramento Kings didn't really have a choice but to say yes. Time had run out. They had to get that done right then and there. And it's also then now changed why the trade deadline is like a week before the All-Star game so that you don't have DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's being traded to New Orleans while he's in New Orleans for the All-Star game in a Kings uniform as they pulled him off of the podium right after that. Really awkward moment. So that's where this gets interesting. Who's going to blink? Who feels like they have the power, the leverage to get a deal done? If you go to Utah and go, we'll give you two seconds for Bogdanovich, and they're like, no, we want a first... Are you going to pay that first, given what was set? Or are you going to be like, screw it, keep that guy? Not worth it. You know, this is where you have to figure out how much you're willing to overpay and how much bargaining power you have to get the best deal. I'm a big believer in go and get your guy. Go and get your guy and pay what, you know, reasonably it takes, even if it's a slight overpay, to get the guy that you want. Particularly if you're like, that's the person that helps us win a title. Go and do it. There's no reason not to with all of the assets that the Pelicans have. But it doesn't mean you do that if you have to, if you can get them for less, you still want proper asset management. And that's kind of, I think, where the Pelicans are looking at right now. I'm not sure if they're going to get a deal done or not. I would have loved Beasley and Vanderbilt. I love the idea of Gary Trent Jr. coming off of the bench. But it doesn't look like there's as many sellers as we were hoping for. And maybe this is going to be a quiet trade market. Kicked off really with a splash with the Kyrie Irving deal. I think Russell Westbrook seemed inevitable that he would get traded at some point. But what are the other obvious moves that could get done? You know, I think there's been a lot of talk of are the Nets holding things up with Kevin Durant? But I don't know if I buy into that too much, right? You know, could be. The Suns certainly don't want to make another deal right now if it means they could get Kevin Durant right now or maybe in the summer. Same for Toronto potentially too. Maybe they feel in the summer they'll make a run at Kevin Durant and that's that. But right now, it definitely seems like the Nets aren't trading Kevin Durant at all, trading Kevin Durant. Maybe I'll be proven wrong in a couple of hours from when I'm recording this, but that's what it seems. So if you're waiting on a Kevin Durant deal to get done or not, you're not going to end up getting a deal done because it seems pretty steadfast that we're not moving him at this time if you're the Brooklyn Nets. So I don't know if it actually is that because I would assume a lot of teams understand that. And maybe the Pelicans are holding off making a move, wondering if they can go after him, not give up Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, or CJ McCollum in a deal like that. Maybe they could pull it off for Kevin Durant, maybe not. But I don't think it's that realistic for New Orleans. So maybe it puts them into a holding pattern too. But as I've said before, this team is good as is when healthy, so you don't feel the pressure to need to make a move. But if you get a guy like Bogdanovich, you become a very realistic contender for the NBA's Western Conference and could win it and go to your first finals. You could make your first conference championship series, which New Orleans has never done before. They've never advanced that far in the playoffs. Is this the year to go for it? Is it better to wait a little bit or just to see what this team is capable of doing? I still think they're capable of doing that when healthy right now, but the right trade almost feels like it's a guarantee or puts you as a favorite for that sort of thing. But it's been kind of quiet around the Pelicans a little bit. 
I think. And I wonder if they're just feeling pretty good about where they are and with the team that they have, which is really good when healthy. We'll talk a little bit more about Zion coming up here in a minute because it doesn't sound like we're going to see him before the All-Star game, which is disappointing. But it also maybe means they just want to kind of see this team that they have. I don't think they need tons of data on this this team. They know how good it is. We've seen Zion and B.I. together before. We've seen Zion and C.J. We've seen C.J. and Ingram. We've seen every combination of it other than like all of them together. And it's all really, really good. And I don't think the Pelicans are going to do any sort of trade right now that includes Jonas Valanciunas and shake things up that much at the trade deadline. But I'm leaning towards no deal for the Pelicans this moment, right now. This is subject to change, obviously, as things move very quickly. The Pelicans got the C.J. McCollum deal done two days before the NBA's trade deadline. That was their big move, and it was done early. It was the guy they wanted. They hammered out a deal. They took care of it. Maybe they're leaving it late here. And that's fine. You know, it's it's what mostly happens. But it does seem a little oddly quiet that we're not going to get a ton more movement other than some of the kind of obvious things that we were expecting, like Westbrook. And then, you know, when Kyrie Irving wanted out, okay, they took care of it very quickly, too. It feels like we probably would have more traction on a major deal for New Orleans if that was happening or not. I'm not a fan of John Collins. I'm not a fan of OG and Anobi for the prices that you might need to give up. Collins would actually, I think, be pretty cheap. I just don't know what his fit is on this roster. So do that deal if it's cheap enough. Like, sure. I just don't know if that's a guy that I really want to pay a ton of luxury tax for if that's the case. So when you kind of look at it, yeah, there's there's things New Orleans could do, but I don't feel there's a move New Orleans really needs to do. Like, it felt like they needed to do the CJ McCollum deal last season. And I think that does kind of impact how they operate today at, at this NBA trade deadline. They also probably have a good read on when Zion Williamson's going to play and what some of the results will be when he does. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all. Breaking out everything you want to know about this team. The good, the bad, the play on the court, the trade targets. Really going to be starting to look towards the postseason, how to refine this roster, how to get the most out of it, what we want to see from Coach Green. We're going to have a nice little break to look at some stuff. We'll probably do a live show soon during the All-Star break. My internet's been much more stable. And I want to take more of your questions too and be able to fill up a little bit of that time when we don't have games during the all-star break. But it's going to be a lot of fun here. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. Tell a friend about the show. Now for your second listen. Derek Carr, really? Sounds like it might happen. He had dinner in New Orleans the other day. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, breaking down everything black and gold. Make sure they're your second listen after Locked On Pelicans is your first listen. And today, we are talking about trade deadline. Deals getting done. New Orleans not being in it yet. I got my alerts up right there. No Woj. Oh, wait. That was uh, my thing vibrating. I don't know what that was. Okay. Um, not, Not a trade, which is good. Um, If you remember last year, (laughs) recording a show, talking about some things, in the middle of doing the show, different background and everything, my phone vibrates, I look down, it was like, well, I'm going to have to redo this show, finish this off, and then record another one. Um, You can go back and like see the moment I got some trade news. It was pretty funny. Um, Not that right there, I promise you that. Okay, so Zion, let's just shift gears to Zion. Shift gears to Zion here. 
not going to play before the All-Star game. That was said by head coach Willie Green yesterday. He'd said before the game, likely not going to see them, but we'll see. I'm wondering if Zion really tried to kind of go through some warm-up, some practice. Um, the Pelicans are off on Thursday, no practice before the game on Friday. You know, I think he would have loved to have played. I think Zion would have loved to have played in the All-Star game. But I think when you look at this hamstring injury, they follow a very strict timeline, and he's following that timeline. He's probably disappointed from this. And we've seen that if the Pelicans are holding him out from things, that creates a little bit of friction. His rookie year, he hated that. He wanted to play in the postseason against the Suns last year, and they were basically like, "Uh uh-uh. And he's putting up... Videos of him dunking the basketball and things like that to be able to kind of put some pressure on the organization. Maybe. I don't know. It wasn't going to work. It didn't work. You know, at a certain point, you're probably going to stop holding him back and take some of the kids' gloves off. But given that I think New Orleans feels they can still finish as a top four seed after the All-Star break, they're only two games out of the fourth seed right now. They're two and a half games out of the third seed. They're right in the running on all of this. I think they don't want to really risk anything long-term design that's going to keep him out beyond the All-Star break. I think he miss, he's going to miss these next three games. He's not going to play in the All-Star game. And then I think you see him come right back after the All-Star break. And it just gets him extra rest, extra time for his hamstring to really strengthen, to heal, to feel good. And he's ready for the stretch run. And hopefully we just see the team healthy for 20, 25 games together and see what they're capable of doing during that time. This season... I don't want to call it a waste, but has been a disappointment due to injuries. Those are things that you just don't control. Those are things that wasn't the team like playing poorly. They were just really injured, which really led to that 10-game losing streak. And healthy, we've seen what they're capable of. Not even fully healthy, we've seen what they're capable of. And that's third seed, second seed in the Western Conference. They are capable of being very, very, very good. And that might also mean the Pelicans don't make a move at the trade deadline. That's kind of what I had been on, as you might remember, for a very long, long time until I did the show on Monday saying like, you know what? Screw it. Go for it. Go try and win a title this year, next year. I want to be able to follow that team, cover that team, cheer for that team. But I don't think it's necessary that they do that. I just think they could bust open that window, but shorten the time that you have it for. New Orleans maybe is thinking more longer, but a slightly narrower window. That's a possibility as well. So for them, knowing what you're going to get with Zion after this, knowing you could go on a run and still be really good, maybe means they don't need to make any sort of deal. Keep those assets, try and get young, cost-controlled guys, guys on rookie deals like Herb Jones, like Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, who are all out playing their contracts big time. That's tremendous value for New Orleans. That's the type of value you need in a small market. David Griffin has long talked about building a sustainable winner. That means those picks. That means managing the salary cap, the luxury tax as well. We'll see if he sticks true to it today. But with Zion not playing, I think they know he's coming back after the All-Star break and think they can go on a pretty strong run with him healthy and maybe giving him an extra couple of games off, focus on that hamstring a little bit more means he's going to be healthy for the stretch run. That's probably more important than him playing, starting in the All-Star game and kind of getting that exposure, though disappointing we won't see him in there. It's going to be a fun end of the season. Hopefully it's going to be a fun just day that's not too chaotic. Josh Hart, by the way, getting traded to the Knicks. Uh, He's out of Larry's house, so I don't know how that influences those two. Larry Nance Jr. still living in Josh Hart's home in New Orleans. Does Josh Hart have to sell his home to buy a home in New York because, well, he doesn't have a home there to stay in for free. 
like his friend Larry Nance Jr.'s? I don't know. This might impact guys' like livelihoods here in New Orleans. Every trade we're seeing today has an impact on the Pelicans in some, some way. Wishing Josh Hart the best, though. Awesome, awesome dude. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Anything goes down, you know where, where to find me. We're going to be right here on YouTube, on the podcast form. Let me know in the comments down below what you think is going to happen. And uh, yeah, yeah, let's see what the show's like when I talk to you all tomorrow or I don't know, maybe again later today.